Welcome in once again to the Talking Tide podcast. I'm Chase Goodred of NFL.com and Crimson Cover Television. I'm joined as I am twice weekly each fall by Travis Ryer, the senior analyst at BamaOnline.com and as well the daily radio host of Southern Fried Sports, which you can, of course, catch at 100.9 FM in Tuscaloosa from 11 to noon on weekdays the talking tide podcast available at podbean.com that's our web host and as well various apps including itunes google play stitcher and tune in the twitter feed talking underscore tide and with all that out of the way after a brief respite from alabama's idle week talking tide is back previewing midweek for a road game at texas a&m and we're doing it Semi-live, semi-live from Session Cocktails. Recorded live before a studio audience, (laughs) as they used to say on Family Feud. That's right. Uh, We're live here at Session Cocktails and Spirits, one of our fine sponsors here on Talking Tide. Uh, Owner and proprietor Hunter Wiggins just launched about three weeks ago, and you just cannot beat this place for all sorts of signature cocktails, a smoke-free environment, the fanciest glassware in town, the most talented bartenders in town. And I'll tell you something I've already figured out about Session just in less than a month is that if you come in here and you order something that you like on a Wednesday and you come in on Thursday or Friday and order it again and somebody different makes it for you, it's going to taste exactly the same every single time. All right, you can go around town and maybe you find something you like, but if somebody else makes it a few days later, it's it's, it's not the same, you know. So that's that's just one thing. But Hunter Wiggins actually joining us right now, really quick. Hunter, great to see you. Uh, Talking Tide podcast, glad to be here. Uh, tell us a, a quick thumbnail sketch, real quick, of how things have launched for y'all. Uh, it's been fantastic. There's been a ton of support since we opened up. Uh, we feel Tuscaloosa has been foaming at the mouth for. Um, what we've brought to the downtown area are located right here on University Boulevard next to the pants store. Um, it, we're just going to keep refining our process and our footing, and we're just going to keep getting better. Um, all, when this concept first started, we just wanted to make awesome drinks for awesome people and just do them the right way. We're not reinventing the wheel here. We're just doing sidecars done the right way. We're taking attention to detail to our old-fashioned. Make sure these drinks are balanced quality ingredients at an honest price. It's uh, a really simple business philosophy, but we just want to sell honest spirits at an honest price and do the right thing the right way. And we're, we're achieving that, and uh, the people coming in have just been so supportive and uh, are, are really behind us. Uh, we've had fantastic happy hours. Um, our night times, we do limit the amount of people that we allow in the ballroom to make sure that we preserve the customer experience um, because at the end of the day, we value the experience of the customer over everything else. We want to make sure that you can get a drink on time. You enjoy, have enough room to walk around. It's not too loud in there, especially for the, the kind of vibe and what we want to, to put out there as our product. So it's just been fantastic thus far. Real quick before we let you go, give us one or two of the biggest sellers so far and, and what's in them. 
So we, our, our three biggest selling drinks right now are going to be the Capri, which we donate a certain amount of proceeds, 10% of everyone sold gets uh, donated to Tuscaloosa Metro Animal Shelter. Our Pimps Cup, which we do it the way they do it at Wimbledon in the United Kingdom with a spicy ginger syrup. And then the last one is going to be a Mai Tai, which is made with an almond syrup, two different kinds of rums, a little orange carousel, heavy on the lime, and it comes in a funny little tiki mug. You know I like heavy on the lime. That's me. <laughs> Thanks, Hunter. Great stuff, man. Those are great. Trying those Pink Panthers right now, good bread. Hunter whipped up a couple Pink Panthers for the wife and I. Perfect, man. You know, I was just in Chicago, Illinois, the wife and I, over the weekend, okay? And if you want to know what kind of place Session is, Session could fit right in and down. The Talking Tide podcast moving on here at podbean.com. Uh, man. Talking to I podcast moving on right here at podbean.com. A little bit of a glitch in the in the broadcast there. Glad to have you back. Uh, but, yeah, uh, great times out here at Session 2221 University Boulevard. Uh, Travis, we'll get going on this Alabama-Texas A&M game. Of course, it's a 2.30 p.m. kickoff on CBS. Uh, Alabama comes into the game, of course, unbeaten. Texas A&M coming in. Three and two on the season, one and one in SEC play. Uh, halfway through the year, Travis, their most impressive win of the season, 31-27 over an awful Arkansas team. And granted, uh, they've had a couple of tough opponents in, in Clemson and Auburn, but uh, where's this Texas A&M team at right now for you? That's what we're going to find out, I think, on Saturday afternoon at Kyle Field because we can talk about the schedule strength, and it's certainly been difficult for Jimbo Fisher's team. I mean, you've played one number one ranked team already in the Clemson Tigers on the road. The silver lining this time around is that you get Alabama in College Station, but College Station has been a pretty kind place to the Crimson Tide. Whether you go back into the past a good bit, maybe that Hurricane Bowl back in – I guess it was 1988, but then since A&M has joined the league, Alabama 2013, 2015, 2017 with wins. Um, I just get the feeling that this A&M team, this program under Jimbo Fisher, maybe still a couple of years away. And Jimbo with that $75 million contract, he kind of has the luxury of uh, patience being on his side. Uh, but I think for A&M, you know, offensively, it starts obviously with Kellen Mond. On Saturday, he has to be not only dynamic and extremely productive, he can't commit the inexplicable turnovers that seem to be a part of his stat line on almost a weekly basis. How many times you watch Kellen Mond and you think, man, this guy has NFL upside, this guy looks like an early round draft choice, and then there's a fumble inside his own 20, there's an inexplicable turnover, an interception, 
and uh, your thought process sort of changes pretty quickly. He's going to have to be he's going to have to be really good because there's not a Travion Williams on this team, and there's not a Jay Sternberger at tight end. He doesn't have the weapons around him either that he had even a year ago. No, no, he doesn't. And I think if you're the A and M offensive staff, and you look at this most recent film tape against Ole Miss. You see what John Reese Pumley was able to do on the ground. You got to be thinking as an OC, hey, we're going to be looking for the keeper, right, for Kellen Mond. Kellen Mond's as dangerous as John Reese Plumley is. Not taking anything away from Plumley because Plumley's a heck of an athlete. Mond can do what Plumley can do with the keeper. So if I'm A&M, I'm testing that right out of the gate. Kind of works both ways, doesn't it? Kellen Mond benefits from knowing exactly what's coming with Alabama. This is his third start against Alabama in his Texas A&M career. The other side of that, Alabama, unlike was the case with John Rice Plumley, has documented uh, tape, has you know uh, previous games to work off of. There's a lot of tape out there on, on Kellen Mond. And I think what we're going to see, and we saw this at Tuesday's practice during the media viewing periods, outside linebacker coach Sal Sanceri, defensive line coach Brian Baker for Alabama, really stressing and working on keeping Mond in a position where he has to beat you making throws, maintaining leverage on when he improvises or even on design runs. The key for Alabama defensively and something they've struggled with is making this guy beat you from the pot. Right. Yeah, no doubt about it. Kevin Mond has is, is had his struggles against the Crimson Tide. He's had his moments at A&M. But they want, they, they want some big wins. They're paying Jimbo for big wins here. And so far in a year and a half, in a season and a half, his most impressive win was a 74-72 win over LSU in seven overtimes. There's not another win in a year and a half from Jimbo that really jumps off the page at you. Uh, but and, and Alabama certainly would be one. The Crimson Tide, uh, an 18-point point favorite uh, from the Vegas man, Travis. And uh, uh, the Vegas man's been up and down with Alabama. Some of those big, big spreads have been covered by the underdog against the Crimson Tide. Uh, the ticket man, I think he's going to do a little bit better for this game. The cheap seats, uh, this is your ticket man update. The cheap seats at Kyle Field going for about $75. And the prime seats around the 50-yard line right up front. Well, the, se- the selling price on those is well into the 500s or more. Um, no telling if 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 there's a market for those but there's always a mark a market for whatever the cheap seat price is that's 75 bucks that's better than the man's been doing in Brian Denny you know you know the man the ticket man likes he likes the oil man and the oil man is in Texas <laughs> yeah so even with 102,000 capacity at Kyle Field ticket man does a little <laughs> bit better with the oil man than he does in some other locales around college football. But, you know, I suspect that ticket price will probably drop throughout the week and even into Saturday. But, again, October, you talk about perfect kickoff times, and this has been a a storyline certainly with Alabama football, more so in September. Uh, It's when you play, too, and 2.30 in that time frame in the month of October. It's it's absolutely perfect because – 
get the people from Houston. You can get the people in from Dallas. You know, they can there and back it in one day. So that drives demand as well. Yeah, it, it does. And as well, Alabama being on the road, there's an attraction to see the best in the, in the sport sure. on, on the road that, frankly, I think some fans take for granted at home. So uh, we'll see what happens with uh, where those ticket prices go. But right now, uh, if you want to get into the cheap seats, it's going to run you about 75 80 bucks. Travis, some practice notes off the Alabama practice field this week. Center Chris Owens with a minor knee injury, questionable to play. Uh, Landon Dickerson, I believe, has been repping in his place at the center position. Pretty valuable guy uh, as a transfer from Florida State. And Deontay Brown uh, has been working in practice this week with the ones, I understand, presumably because Dickerson has had to slide. Yeah, I heard from Nick Saban after Wednesday's practice, and he described Chris Owens as very questionable. And you know what that means on Wednesday night. And saying that, yeah, Chris Owens really hadn't been able to do anything all week. We were out there Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Didn't really see Chris Owens doing a whole lot. Looked like that left knee is an issue. And absolutely, Landon Dickerson looks like he's in line to step in there perhaps at the center position. You know, yeah, it doesn't take much to connect dots to think that Deontay Brown, as you alluded to, steps in there at right guard, and then Evan Neal at left guard. And I think there's some people out there. I think there's a, a you know, an undercurrent, a, a belief that, in terms of just pure talent, with Brown, Dickerson, and Neal on the field together, you might actually have a more talented trio. Now, where that can kind of get canceled out is. What exactly is Landon Dickerson's comfort level at center? It's it's not like guard. You know, obviously you're snapping the football. You got shotgun snaps. You got things like that in an off. The Bama's uh, Nick Saban. He does have a start under his belt this season. That helps, uh, but it is a different dynamic. And I do think that Bama's interior trio they had been improvement here in the last couple other notes for you around the practice field. One, certainly uh, Byron Young, uh, defensive lineman, young guy, freshman, has been working with the ones at a defensive end position ahead of Justin Aboibe. Uh, Travis, I've, I've heard you more than once this season uh, sing his future praises. Looks like the future for him uh, might be now or close to now. Yeah, Byron Young – that it wasn't going to be long before this. Boyd B had the, you know, how manageable that situation would be with him coming off an injury as the season went along. Uh, I think those guys are pretty interchangeable. Regardless of who starts there, there's a good chance that you're going to get starter-type reps, whether it's a Boyd B or whether it's Byron Young. And I think Fedarian Mathis, too, uh, in that mix when you talk about his ability to swing between nose tackle and end. So, you know, I don't know if they're at a point where they have much star power along that defensive line. But I can tell you, when you look at DJ Dale, Aboigbe, um, Byron Young, maybe Christian Barmore, if it continues to progress in the way it needs to for him, there could be a wealth of star power 
uh, in 2020 and beyond. Yeah, no doubt about it. A lot of young players on that Alabama defense kind of feeling their way, and you know those guys are going to improve from the beginning of the season to the end. I think we've already seen some of that already. Uh, but what they've got behind them support-wise is an offense that's been lighting up the scoreboard all season. And it's a it's a situation, Travis, that they don't need to make a stop every every series. They don't need to, to force ten punts and, and, and two turnovers. If they can just get a stop every other drive or even every third drive, this Alabama offense is going to bring it home. Yes, most teams, two stops a half. You looked at it that way. Four stops in a game. Yeah. And that's before you talk about takeaways. And whereas, you know, third downs haven't been especially good to Alabama, especially in conference play and games against South Carolina and Ole Miss to this point, they haven't been really all that effective in getting off the field. Something that I've done is take the ball away pretty well. That secondary especially. So, you know, if you get two stops a half to go on with maybe a takeaway a half, and you're looking at six opportunities a game that the defense turns it over to that offense. And you're right with what Tua Tagovailoa and these receivers are capable of doing against 95% of the teams out there. That's probably going to be enough for Alabama. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, lastly, among practice notes, Will Reichard. Uh, I guess officially he's day-to-day, although I understand he's going to be kicking this week. Uh, do we see him back as a, in the lineup, Travis, or, or is it going to be another week on him, do you think? We were out there Wednesday, and just about everybody was punting while we were out there during the media viewing periods, except Will Reichard. Skyler DeLong punted. Uh, Mike Bernier, the walk-on, punted. Uh, Ty P. Ryan, a walk-on, punted. Uh, just, again, pretty much everyone that, that is on the roster as a punter right now, we saw punting the football. We didn't see Will Riker doing it. Um, you know, Nick Saban Wednesday night was kind of non-committal uh, about the availability for Will Riker. So I would put it as a big we'll see. It wouldn't surprise me as long as that hip flexor has responded semi-favorably this week that Will Riker handles maybe field goal extra point maybe kickoffs, but I think you could see three guys in that mix on Saturday. You could see one handling field goal extra point, one handling kickoffs, another guy handling punts. Uh, it, it's it's going to be truly, I think, one of those things that we don't find out for sure or, uh, until about 2.30 on Saturday. If Reichard only handles one role, either kickoffs or field goals and PATs, which of those two roles would you expect him to expect to see him in? I would think the less stressful of the three would actually be punting based on the type of injury he has. Yeah. Um, but maybe it's field goal extra point he handles. I, I don't. I think kickoff would be out if, if we're going to eliminate one of those three because that's where you're trying to generate the most leg speed and you know really put a strong hit on the football, and that's how he got hurt. Um, so you, you may not want to replicate that just yet, uh, that motion. But – it's hard to say. You know, I would probably lean more to field goal extra point, but we're in the punting game. Talking Tide podcast at podbean.com, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and tune in the Twitter feed, talking underscore Tide. 
moving on, and we're going to thank a couple of sponsors really quickly before we uh, carry forward, uh, starting with North River Dental Associates and Dr. Jack Smalley, Talking Tides uh, charter sponsor. Uh, they do an outstanding job for you and your family's dental work, whether you need uh, cosmetic dentistry, laser dentistry, uh, teeth whitening services, porcelain veneers, pediatric dentistry, you name it. Uh, anything uh, inside the mouth they can get you taken care of over at North River Dental Associates. Now, the phone number over there, 752-3506. Your routine cleaning, they're going to get you in and out of there in an hour or less consistently. I was about 40 minutes last time I was in there, uh, so they do a great job with that for sure. You can also make an appointment online at northriverdentist.com. They're conveniently located at 1100 Fairfax Park off McFarland Boulevard in Northport. Over there in that office park with West Alabama Pediatrics and Tuscaloosa Eye Care, you'll find North River Dentistry as well and Dr. Jack Smalley. Go see him for sure. Also, really quick, want to thank Session Cocktails and Spirits. Hunter Wiggins uh, joining us at the beginning of the program. We're glad to be broadcasting live uh, from Session right now. I'm working on a sidecar. Travis and uh, his lovely wife, Heather, are working on a, a couple of Pink Panthers over there. I guess, Travis, if Kathy Lee Gifford is allowed to drink wine on the Today Show on national television, then I'm okay with a sidecar on the podcast. Yeah, I mean, it's part of the gig, right? I mean, that's what we're here to do is kind of promote the uh, the services yeah. of the uh, of the uh, business here. And it's an outstanding place, no doubt about it, in, in session cocktails here off University, right in the heart of downtown Tuscaloosa. A couple other Tuscaloosa institutions we're going to tell you about. First, Heat Pizza Bar, downtown Tuscaloosa, Government Plaza, just a couple of blocks from here. Outstanding, outstanding pizza. The personal favorite, the Thai chicken pizza, you know all about it. The great thing about the pies at Heat Pizza Bar is that just about every night of the week, there's a different special. So if you like that Thai chicken pizza, Tuesday night, a great night to get by Heat Pizza Bar. At 6 p.m., those Thai chicken pizzas on Tuesday go on sale for 7 bucks. Great salads as well. Full bar. Great television management, as we've talked about before, at Heat Pizza Bar. Downtown Tuscaloosa at Government Plaza. Also want to tell you about Brick and Spoon at Timerson Square in downtown Tuscaloosa. You know, we've talked so much about the great breakfast and lunch options here on the podcast with Brick and Spoon. Did you know they do outstanding catering as well? I'm looking at a catering menu right now for Brick and Spoon. You can do a breakfast buffet, okay, for as little as $15 per person. You're going to get your choice of tea, soft drink, or coffee, beignet bites with the homemade marmalade, fire roasted corn grits, scrambled eggs, pecan smoked bacon, biscuits with honey butter, and also a fresh fruit tray. That's option number one. Now, if you want a dinner buffet, they can handle that too. You're going to get the same options of your choice of drink, tea, soft drink, or coffee. Uh, you're going to get a house salad with ranch and honey mustard. You're going to get fried chicken tenders, jambalaya, fresh vegetable medley, warm rolls, and that fresh fruit tray, that's for as little as 20 bucks ahead for those dinner buffets. And then a la carte, man, I'm looking over here, all the extras you could possibly want. There's a Caribbean chicken scrambler for $75. Get a tray of that. Fried shrimp with sriracha aioli. Man, there's just about everything you could want from a catering standpoint. 
So be sure to check that out with Brick and Spoon as well. Brick and Spoon, downtown Tuscaloosa. If you have some questions about those catering options, 205-345-5551. 205-345-5551. That's Brick and Spoon. All right, the Talking Tide podcast at podbean.com. Rolling on with a few more minutes. Chase Goodbread and Travis Ryer broadcasting from session cocktails and spirits. A few more minutes looking ahead at the week seven action in the Southeastern Conference. And Travis, the headliner for sure, uh, aside from Alabama A&M, is Florida and LSU. That game uh, in Baton Rouge. And uh, I've been saying all along, Travis, that I see three and a half good teams in the SEC, and Auburn was the half. Now I'm wondering if Florida's the half. Uh, If they somehow get it done in Baton Rouge, we'll make it four. Uh, But for now, I'm still, I still don't know how to shuffle things once you get past three teams, but this game will help that out. Yeah, I think we're going to get some answers here Saturday night in Death Valley. And frankly, I don't like Florida's chances all that much. As much because of what the Gators spent this past Saturday in Gainesville and taking out the Auburn Tigers. Here's what I do think. I think Dan Mullen, as much as any coach in college football, if there's a 50-50 game or a game that he's expected to win, he usually comes out on the right side of those. And at Florida, if you do that, you're going to win 10 games. See Florida as a legitimate CFP team. Thank you, Alabama, Georgia. But again, first year last year, Dan Mullen has Florida in the Peach Bowl in the New Year Six. And I think Florida can do that again this year, uh, potentially. Now, you know, there's still some big games out there for this team, and there's some games that I think are being viewed as kind of wins for Florida, like Missouri right now for Florida. Like, you don't think of Missouri as a real test for this Florida team right now, but by the time that game rolls after LSU and you get into November and some of those things, I don't think Florida either, I guess. At Missouri and some of these games, they all oh, that's a W. But it's, it's damn impressive what Dane Mullen's been able to do relatively time. Yeah, it's going to be a fun game to keep an eye on for sure. I like LSU as well as a home favorite. Real quickly before we get out of here, Mississippi State at Tennessee. I think that shapes up to be a competitive game. Ole Miss at Missouri could be competitive as well. Uh, Any quick thoughts on either of those two? I think Mississippi State-Tennessee is fascinating because Jeremy Pruitt was involved in both those job openings a couple of years ago. He interviewed at Mississippi State. John Cohen, the athletic director there at MSU, wanted to go with more offense. That's why State took Joe Moorhead, uh, and it worked out. It worked out okay at the time, at least, for Jeremy Pruitt in landing in Knoxville. So that's a storyline that's of particular interest to me this week, Cam Brian Maurer. You know, it was kind of a moral victory, even though the Vols got ultimately drubbed by Georgia Saturday night in Knoxville. There was still some positivity coming out of that game for UT. Does it does it mean anything, though, 
if you don't go out and beat Mississippi State on your home field this week, no, it, there was nothing legitimate about that positive buzz. It doesn't mean anything at all if you can't beat Mississippi State. I mean, yeah, I I saw what you were talking about. If you're if you're a Tennessee fan though, you at least want to see him sustain that tight game through the half. And they couldn't quite do it because Georgia yeah. put, the, put their foot on the pedal in the second quarter, and you kind of knew which way it was going by halftime. Tennessee's at least got to get into the break in some of these, you know. When Tennessee missed the field goal late in the half, you knew what was coming from Georgia with two minutes to go in the second quarter. Yeah. You knew points were coming. And if you're Tennessee, you're just hoping at that point it's a Rodrigo Blankenship field goal. No, they go down and get in the end zone. Yeah, and everybody's filing out to Calhoun's on the river. So that, that to me, like you just said, that said to me, eh, I don't know if there's really anything different about this. We've seen this before. Vols at home against the Bulldogs. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the Talking Tide podcast right here at our web host at podbean.com. Be sure to join us on Sunday night as we recap the Crimson Tide's uh, road performance against the Aggies. For Travis Ryer of BamaOnline.com and Southern Fried Sports Radio, I'm Chase Goodbread of NFL.com and Crimson Cover Television. We'll talk to you Sunday night right here on Talking Tide. <laughs>